This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. This week we're going to talk week 14. i got Chris back with me today. Say what's up. What's up, guys? Uh, today, Yeah, like I said before, we're going to go over week 14. It's a pretty good week of football, I would say, in my opinion. From what I saw, again, like as I see on the weekends, I literally put Red Zone on, on the TV as I'm working. Mm-hmm. So whatever I see is what I see. And of course, red zone's the best thing to have because you literally don't miss a play like ever. Even when you already missed it like twice, they'll put it back <laughs> up on the screen. But uh, um, uh, so uh, let's see where to start here. I actually don't know where. There were so many good games. There were. Uh, it was. So they were all right. all pretty phenomenal. Like there was close endings. There was overtime games. But uh, let's start with. Uh, I'll just start with the order it's going on here. Uh, from what we so we didn't go over this because uh, so last week we didn't. Uh, record. I had something going on, and I don't, it turns out I probably could have recorded that day, which kind of sucks. But um, let's talk about this situation real quick because we literally missed it. What's your opinion on the whole Kareem Hunt situation? He's not with the Chiefs anymore. It's been a while since then, but it, it's literally only been like two weeks, and he's not even in the NFL anymore. Yeah, I mean, I also heard that they um, they took him completely out of Madden. He's out of Madden. Yeah. He's off like – Every like he's off the like exemplist and stuff like that. Like he's not yeah, even. Yeah, well, they said that he was che- He's uh getting rehab or something. He checked into something. But I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to take the whole situation because there's sides saying that the woman was provoking him and calling him names and stuff. It actually just came out confirmed like yesterday, two days ago, that she was spitting in his face, calling him the N word, and Kareem Hunt was like. Concern, like he knew they were underage drinking at the mm-hmm. time, so you you know that kind of I don't I don't know if that changes anything because he still like assaulted her, but I feel like it doesn't take it sucks, away man. from what he did, but at least you you know he's not just it, it's not that he just did it for no reason, it's it doesn't make it better, but at least you know he wasn't just you know under the influence or whatever and just decided to attack her. But I know he's a young he's a young dude. He mm-hmm. knew he was. He knew 100% he was going to the NFL at that time. Mm-hmm. At least he was getting drafted somehow. He was. That was his pathway. Yeah. And the whole concern was, if he didn't lie about the situation, I would look at it differently. But he met up with the Chiefs, with his agent, with his managers, mm-hmm. and they were like, all right, so we heard about this incident that happened in February. What happened? Just let us know. And he didn't tell the full story. And then yeah. TMZ dropped the video, and I, I assume he didn't tell him about kicking her. I assumed he didn't tell her about push, tell him about pushing her. I think all he said was, "Oh, that was I just got into an argument with a girl, and I like I left the I left." But you yeah. didn't tell them that. So when you see the video, it's like, all right, we drafted this guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's the whole. I mean, but if you go back to it, there was a video with Joe Mixon a year or two ago with the one girl in the restaurant or wherever he was, and later out. Yeah, later out. completely. In the and, middle of like a restaurant. And uh, I mean, he got ta- like his chances of going to the combine got taken away. He got that pulled, but he still got he had his own individual combine where there were scouts from teams that were interested in him and he got drafted. But so. what happened with him was since he was still in college, he served like his I think he, what did he do? Lost he lost a year or did he transfer? I don't remember what he did. Uh, yeah, it was something, something like Something happened, that, yeah. but he he did his time. Mm-hmm. And he still worked his way to get drafted. Mm-hmm. And then the Bengals obviously know about the situation. The video is out by then. Oh, yeah. So they're, it's their it's their problem if they take the chance on it. So I don't think that's completely... Like, I don't think you can put Mixon's situation together with Hunt's. 
because Kareem yeah. Hunt lied about it. The video came out. The video doesn't lie. What you did is what yeah. you did. And whatever the woman said to you or, wh- or whatever, whether she's calling you the N-word, this and that, I know like as an NFL player, you're kind of told to be the guy. D- don't get yourself in those situations. You got to be a role model. You got to be a role model. And some of those guys mm-hmm. come back, come from bad upbringing. So mm-hmm. they, they're not in it like you're like you think they should be but you i don't there's no excuse i I don't think and i think the chiefs the chiefs did the right thing because they're having a phenomenal season to the point where they're super bowl contenders so if you add that into the mix that you're keeping um a player that that's of high caliber on your team uh that deals with the domestic violence issue and you keep them there for the sake of just winning that would be all over the media and they already knew about it so I think they did the right thing by letting him go. And the sad truth of the whole thing is he's going to get signed again. Someone's going to take him. He's going to serve his time. Like, he's going to get signed. And as soon as he gets signed, the league's going to be like, all right, you're suspended for nine games. Yeah. And he's going to play again. That's the sad thing about it. He he most but, likely will. I mean, there's all these agents saying they doubt he's ever going to be back. But it's if Ruben Foster, I get, you know, he there was no video to that. But if he got signed, like, the next day... There's there's still hope. Put in the him. Zeke situation. If a video ever comes out of Zeke doing it, he's out of the league. Mm-hmm. He's not playing a single down in the NFL again because no one's saying anything now because it's quiet now. He did his time. Mm-hmm. He, he the whole pro- the NFL is a big mess because they literally let him play throughout the season and, then they and couldn't figure it out. A little bit. And it went on even before the season started. It was said yeah. that he was going to serve a two game, maybe a four game. Wasn't it six or something? And it turned out he, yeah, he went through yeah. like mid-season, maybe towards the end, and he had to serve a six-game suspension. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're a big mess. I feel like if you get into those scenarios, the team has to make a decision to let them go. The lead makes to make a decision to punish him, and then you go from there. I think it, I think if you serve your time, you're okay. If it's to the point where, you know, authorities come in and like you have to do your time, then it's like all right, dude, like that's to that extent. But if it isn't, because every NFL player that does it never ends up being jailed. If you yeah. do your time, then what can you do? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough because it, it, it's put in that hard situation because, I mean, me personally, I, I think people deserve second chances. I don't, I don't think one moment defines a person to their entirety. I just don't think that. But think about it for a second. You also have Kareem Hunt, second year in the league. Yeah. No issues up to that point. Exactly. So it's like. He's, a, he's probably a different person now than he was back then. Exactly. So you have to look at it like that. It's like, all right, maybe he should deserve a second chance. But then, like, you look at it again. You just Whenever you look at that video, you're just like, no, nah, that's well, not a good look. Well, it's the same thing with Ray Rice. He never came back. It's similar situation. What was he, like 30, 33? Ray Rice? By the time he did that, the video um, came out? He had been in the league for a little while, yeah. So It, it yeah. wasn't as tail, tail end of his career, mm-hmm. though. So that's kind of a different thing. No one's going to sign you after that. It's kind of like, all right, we're... We're looking to the next draft. Well, or... it's it's just tough because I feel like in the NFL particularly, there will be, you know, someone like Kaepernick, for example. He'll be kneeling. I understand there's a whole uproar. I'm not picking sides. I'm not saying anyone's right yeah, or no. wrong. I'm just saying, you know, it's a fact. He would kneel during the national anthem protesting. It was It's a fact. That's what he did. And then he would be kicked out of the league. But then there are people like, you know, Kareem Hunt, if he comes back in, I just think it's kind of tough to say you're not allowed in the league for that, but then there are people doing 
domestic violence cases and then they're allowed back. I just, I don't know how you draw the line there. It just sucks that it's attached to your name forever. Yeah. Like, even if he gets signed, say he gets signed by any team in the NFL or some someone, and say he's like, he's got to work his way up from third string, back up, doesn't get as many snaps as the first guy, even though he's more talented than him, it's always like he's going to be known as the guy that did that. Mm-hmm. And that's what sucks because even if you do your time, say you're like in the clear, you don't have to do anything with like police or anything. You just got to, you know, work your way up to get back, get to get a contract and then serve like however many suspensions they give you Mm -hmm. and stuff. And the second you're done doing that, you learned your lesson again, second year in the league. So he hasn't done anything like that since it would suck if he'd had a rep. He had a reputation of like DUIs, Followed yeah. by this. Then the video came out. It's like, all right, you're done. You had as many chances as you need. Yeah, but he was quiet. But it sucks. You didn't hear about him. Exactly. And it sucks that, say, he serves eight games, mm-hmm. six ga- six to eight games, as soon as he gets signed. When he does that time, the six to eight games, and he comes back, people are still going to be angry. I'm yeah. Like, this guy just took a punishment. He worked his way back. He was a different person back then, and it's still going to be – he's always going to be known as that guy. And that's that's the thing that's that's tough about being a celebrity or someone. Oh, you know they're constantly in the spotlight. You can't really let things go as easily because the world knows about it. A situation like that, the whole world is going to hear about it. Even if people don't watch the NFL, even if they're not fans of the Kansas City Chiefs, that video got out. My mom doesn't watch football, and she went up to me the day it happened. Oh, who's that football player with the video of him hitting the woman? Like she knows. People that it's not just football people football fans they're not the only ones that know it so it's it's going to be tough and then you know it's, it's i think it's worse for the people that don't watch football because they don't know him exactly so they just know this guy it was like the michael vick it. michael vick thing yeah people who didn't even watch football i don't think i was even an avid fan at the time when yeah. it happened people were still like oh michael vick's known as that guy mm-hmm. exactly the guy, the guy did prison time yeah he did he, he and he's he was, still known as that guy today Exactly. I mean, I mean, he, it's less than now. He's but. more known as the guy that's like, oh, he was in, he was the best player in Madden at one point. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, I feel like that's Madden being the narrative code. now. But at the yeah. same time, you're like, oh, he did he did the thing with the well, dogs. Well, it was it, it, that's yeah, that's just kind of what it, what it turned into, and it's a shame because I mean, it could have been played the, after that. Yeah, because he did his time. So what I are mean, you gonna do? I mean, the thing is too is that it could have been Kareem Hunt situation. It didn't go far enough, but. Michael Vick was like, he's still known as one of the greatest rushing quarterbacks to play. He, exactly. He he was so talented, and he did so many great things on the field that it was just kind of like, you know, personally as a Falcons fan to watch that happen, it was just like, ugh. It's like the equivalent of right now, Julio Jones, if something happened to him, it's just like, fuck. Like, yeah. come on. Like, that was like that was our bright spot, and then it's just like, ugh. All right, so let me ask you this. Like, uh, hold on, I think I had, I had like a good question preface, and I kind of <laughs> lost it. Oh, yeah, I got it. So, say in the video, all you saw, like, the beginning, it starts off with him just kind of pushing or whatever, mm-hmm. and then his his guys are just holding him back to, like, dude, you're going to, like, you can literally tell they're just like, dude, you're going to be in the league, just, just don't do this, mm-hmm. you're never going to get drafted if this happens, and then he bull rushes again and then kicks her. Say yeah. the kicking, Say the kicking didn't happen. How much of that video are you taking as if, okay, Kareem Hunt went a little too far? Some people think the kick is like, up. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's I, I think the kick was enough. Because at that point, it's just he says, she says, because you can't, there's no audio. You don't know what's going on during that situation. You don't know what's said. So you can't make a judgment just on him pushing and them getting in their faces. The second he kicks, that's when he's in the wrong entirely. That, that to me, that's what did it for me when I first saw that. I was like, yeah, no, this guy, like, 
to me, all right, so to wrap it kind of up so we can get into week 14, mm-hmm. is that Chiefs were in the right to get rid of him. Yeah. It's, and they look even better. I'm not sure if they trying to do it to look better or that's their stance. I assume it's their stance. Yeah. But the where they are in the league right now, they're one of the best teams, one of the best quarterbacks, most likely to be MVP. Mm-hmm. And you have a, a young quarterback who's been playing with this guy since, you know, he's got he's grown a rapport with him since last year being the mm-hmm. backup to Alex Smith to this year actually getting to play with him and knowing his, you know, the way he plays his game to mid-season to the point where it's like, all right, you're going to clinch the playoffs and you got to make a playoff run cuz Chiefs are known as the team that never gets past the first round yeah. and you get rid of that running back that you've come to know so well and the Chiefs were like all right just, um, no we can't do this anymore with this guy so up to this point now it's uh what is it Damian Williams and Spencer Spencer Ware's taking yeah. back to it so I assume Andy Reid's like I, I've done my time with Spencer Ware so let's just keep doing that but the sad truth to bring it all together he's going to play another down in the league I 100% think that i don't think he's going to that's the last we're going to see kareem hunt in the nfl he's going to get back in I, I, there's no shot yeah i don't i don't think anywhere if ruben year. foster can get picked up by the redskins the day after he was released like he got picked up on waivers by the redskins yeah. after there was proof now of another mm-hmm. altercation with domestic violence redskins were still like yeah we'll take you on the team well that's the thing i mean you know you got I don't know if he'll he'll be back this year. I don't know, maybe not the beginning of next year or the off season, but he'll make his way back. There's going to be you look at this year. There's too many injuries in the NFL. It gets to the point just like now where there's all these injuries of quarterbacks, all these problems with quarterbacks. People are like, oh well, they're joking around. It's a matter of time before someone brings Kaepernick back. It's gonna. I feel like it's gonna be the same thing. So, all right, all right. That's a whole different discussion, but I definitely think. Kaepernick should be in the league right now, yeah. and that's a, that's the sad truth about that too. And to and last point I'll also make: you take guys like Le'Veon Bell, you take guys like um, like J- Josh Gordon, who now no one even thinks about that he did weed years ago and he yeah. was suspended from yeah. the league. He was barely brought back into the league, like reinstated, because he was out of the league at one point. Mm-hmm. And now no one's saying anything because he's on the he's on a winning he's on a winning culture, like a winning team now. So no yeah. one's saying anything. They think he's like, oh, he's good now. Because even though coming into this year, he he wasn't even at training camp. He was kind of taking care of himself. But now with the Patriots, he's not a storyline anymore. If he was still on the Browns with Baker Mayfield, number one pick, he got Hugh Jackson getting fired. He was in to begin with. He was a one in fifteen, you know, head coach. And you look at it now, he's on a winning team, so no one's going to say anything. And then you have Le'Veon Bell, who two years in a row, what was he gone for? Like eight, like. Oh, add his suspension up. Add his suspensions up. What is it like? Eight games. I think it was eight games. Because it's four each year. He got yeah. I think it weed. was eight. And they still kept him over that time. And I know that's a whole different situation. But you have a guy doing it over and over, and he's getting second chances and chances yeah. after that. And his worth is amazing because he's one of the best in the league. And now he's not going to be with the Steelers coming this off season. He's going to look for a new team. And say he goes to like a a different team, that narrative goes away because he's going to get paid. So all in all, Kareem Hunt comes back into the into the league. You know, you put his worth where he is because he's a phenomenal running back, and he's in a winning culture. He can't go to a losing team. Like he's gonna have to know that. Like you're gonna have to go to a team that's gonna be ten and three year in and year out. And there's not many to go around because mm-hmm. they already got their running back solidified. Yeah, it'll go away, I think. But um, he's way too talented. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in like Philly or. 
somewhere. But, May- when you, but now you got Le'Veon Bell looking for money. Well, that's the thing too. He'll probably be swept. He'll probably be like under the radar because they're not. No one's going to pay him a lot of money because Kareem. No. The whole thing just happened. Yeah, and I he's mean, probably he's on a rookie deal coming into that. Well, because I I just think you know you got teams like uh, like the Colts that are having issues at running back. They have all these teams that I'm about to name have running backs. It's just back and forth. They're they're tough. There's no like solid starter. I mean, the Colts you got some back and forth issues. I feel like. With um yeah Philly they have like four five different running backs same thing with the Pats, the Pats are just that that team they're they're the kind of guys that just pick up players and they're kind of they like yeah we're here to running. win they just drafted someone in the first round so they're not going head back to running back but yeah. who, knows? Well, who knows all right so we'll jump into week fourteen now past that subject so let's start off with the Jags Titans me and Chris watched that game <laughs> uh that was a Thursday night game yeah heading into week fourteen insane game. So uh, Titans ended up winning thirty to nine. Derrick Henry owns all almost those, all thirty points basically. on the on the board. Yeah. So I was having a dis- discussion with Chris that night, and I think it was even before he went on that huge ninety nine yard run. I was like, "This is one of those Derrick Henry games where he's gonna get twelve carries, forty yards, three touchdowns." And Chris was like, "Yeah, it seems like that." And he ended up going far and beyond that. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of storylines here. Um, again, the Jags are still going with Cody Kessler at quarterback. Um, they move on to four and nine. Uh, Titans move on to seven and six, which is insane because that team has been broken since week one. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I feel like Jags are just a walk in a park now, especially in that division. But let's go over the Titans st- stat lines here. It's mostly going to be Derrick Henry for the most part because that's literally mm-hmm. what the whole thing was. But he got Mariota. Uh, he didn't have to do much work this game, but he was 18 for 24, 162 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. And I had this discussion with Chris also that night where you take you take a look at that draft, you take a look at Jameis, take a look at Marcus Mariota. Those are one of the top-tier guys that you're expecting now to show out mm-hmm. because it's their what, third, fourth year now? Something like that. Yeah, probably, I think four. We know what's going on with Jameis. It's ridiculous. But uh, Mariota is supposed to be that guy, and he hasn't been this whole season. He started off with, not like, his wrist was, like, messed up, and he couldn't feel yeah. his hand, and... He's back and forth. He's had tr- trouble with injuries. And you looked at the bright spot of this team last year, and you look at Mariota, he caught a ball like he threw because it was deflected. He caught it, scored. Yeah. That's the type of player he'll be. He'll fight for you. But we're looking for – we're still waiting for Mariota to have those games where it's like 215 yards through the air, two touchdowns, no picks, or maybe a three-touchdown game with almost 300 yards. We're still waiting on that, and I think I have faith in Mariota. He's a franchise guy, um, to me at least. I don't know. People have different definitions of franchise quarterbacks, but to me, Marcus Mariota, he's a leader. He's a role model. No problems off the field. Um, he's he's just a great player. He, I'm just waiting for that to happen. I don't know if it's head coaching issues because, again, Mularkey was there last mm-hmm. year in the playoffs. You move on to Mike Vrabel now. And he's their new head coach. Do you think it's head coaching, or do you think Mariota just needs to step up now? Like the like you know, it's kind of time now for him to come out. I I think it's a mix of the changes within coaches, and another aspect of it is his injuries. I feel like every year he's gets something wrong, whether it's minor, major, whatever it is. He's always battling through an injury, and I feel like even if it's you know you think of something simple as like oh like a sprained ankle, it doesn't sound too bad. But with the way he'll have to play where he has to constantly be moving because he's getting pressured, he has to move, you know, in and out of the pocket, trying to get that throw down the field, I feel like it, it has a little bit of an impact. So I think injuries are really his his issue. And if he can have a pocket, like a clean pocket, and he can actually have 
a solid season minus these injuries, I think he can play pretty well. And it's obviously a him problem because their offensive line is nice. Like they have Taylor, yeah. Taylor Lewan there. They got they got a solid offensive front. They just got to you know, you know he's. I think it's his time to show out now. It's kind of you can't put the blame on head coaches and stuff like that. And I can kind of tell that he needs time with Vrabel still. He's a defensive minded coach, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. But um. All right, let's take a look at the big man of the night, Derrick Henry. Uh, 17 carries, 238 yards. He averaged, excuse me, 14 yards per carry. Jeez. Do, and mo- majority of that was from the 99-yard run. So mm-hmm. if you really average it out, it's definitely not that much. But no. And he also had four touchdowns on the night. Yeah. So it was pretty much all him. And he could have had five. He could have had five. Me and Chris were watching on the TV. Uh, it was towards the end of the game. Um and they were headed towards like the red zone, like probably on like they the five yard line. Yeah, the they were getting closer and closer. And at one point, Derrick Henry's like, "All right, take me out, take me out." For oh, some yeah. reason, no. They there was an article on that. He uh, they interviewed him after the game about it because if he got that touchdown, he would have had like the franchise record for touchdowns in a game, something like that. Uh, they interviewed him about it, and he said, "Oh well, I didn't want to be what I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted no. it, like we both practice." Him and, uh, what is it, Deion Lewis? Deion Lewis. He wants Deion Lewis to get the one touchdown. Yeah, he said he didn't want it to be all about him. He wanted it to be a team effort. He didn't want it to just be him. Right. That sounds... That's a nice guy. I know. He basically I said... I hope that's true. Like, his his words were like, oh, well, I was out there eating. I want him to eat, too. That's, that's basically what he said. Understandable. To me, I think that's understandable. But to me, if you're the big guy of the night... Derrick Henry hasn't had the best year. It's not no. like it's not like every single game they're feeding him twenty times. Yeah, he's inconsistent. He's inconsistent. So if you're gonna have a night like that, capitalize, man. Yeah, you gotta yeah. do it. The crowd was asking for it. Mike Vrabel was like, "Get the hell out there!" I know, and he was just like, you "No." See, you see him on the team, and then Derrick Henry's like, "No." And then I'm like, "If your coach wants you to, the crowd needs you to. You're not an injury risk. You're not getting fed the ball every single game. You're not gonna have a game like that next week." Oh no, he not definitely he would have had that fifth touchdown, no doubt about it. He would have powered through. He definitely oh, yeah. would have. He had he had, at least, he had three downs to do it. Yeah. Deion Lewis couldn't do it, so they put him back out there. He's like, all right, f it. So he goes back out there. He doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. If he did that, he would have had five touchdowns on the night. I think the the record for rushing touchdowns by a running back is six touchdowns. That would have been absurd. I don't know how you who is who has that. Um, I can always look it up. I saw it that night, but uh. All right, so like most rushing. I mean, when you think TDs about it, you think it's like Ed game. Dickerson or. No, it's like a Bernie name Sanders, you don't even know. Like someone you would. Think, that's my point. Like he was think, a rookie. All right, he so was a rookie. Yeah, NFL rookie Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers. I've, uh, heard, I've heard the name. Heard the yes, name. Yes, I have heard that. Ty's name. single game TD record uh, in the December twelfth game against the 49ers. Sayers triumphed over muddy conditions to score the historic six touchdowns. Uh, four rushing, one receiving. Oh, so he had four, four on the ground. I guess was so it six have, in total. Yeah, six total. Oh wow! But I'm trying. I meant like just rushing in general. I'm assume four or five is around the number. That's correct. that's crazy though. He had six in a game. Uh, yeah, and that was a really really long time ago. That happened. <laughs> so that, that's insane. I would have gone for the five because I know next week Vrabel's not going to give me the ball ten times. So like I might well, as well. the defense that they play now. What is it? Giants. They're going to plan for it. Now Now it's no... Like, that was one of those games where everyone knew Derrick Henry had potential, and he kind of got hyped up, hyped up, hyped up, and then he kind of wasn't performing, so he kind of went under the radar, and now he came back, he popped back out, and it's like, all right, we got to draw back the attention to him. So how's this division looking now, considering that... I didn't even know the Titans were 7-6. and six. I thought they were worse than that. Yeah, they're, they're, that's a they're, weird record. They're 7-6, and six, and uh, you got the Jags, who are four nine dead last. Yeah, 4-9. Yeah, what are the Colts now? 
think they're seven and six, six and around the same. That's seven, a tight. That's a, that's a tight division. Like that, yeah. So yeah, next week's like a must win for them, yeah. especially against the Giants. Yeah, who are getting a little hot towards the end of the season. Well, because well, I think you guys play the Colts not next week, the week after. Yeah, I think you no. play them too. So, so that's gonna be even, that's so our games are literally gonna determine that division. That's really yeah. funny. All right, so uh, then you got Deion Lewis, 10 carries, 13 yards, one yard per carry. So, it's again, it's mostly the Derrick Henry show, but let's go over there receiving and see where they need help there. Uh, a little weird uh, because <laughs> Corey Davis only had two receptions, 21 yards. They really got – I feel like the only way they're going to get their receiving game going, obviously, is Mariota gets going. So, you got two top picks there. I think Corey Davis was the number four pick on his draft, respectively, and then Marcus Mariota was the second pick in his draft. So you got two top guys, extremely talented, but you just really got to get Mariota going if you're going to get your that guy going. Corey Davis last year didn't get his first touchdown until the playoff game against the uh, the Patriots, I think. Wow. Yeah, that was he wow. didn't score a touchdown all year, so it's really upsetting. Who, uh, so yeah. Who were they throwing to Delaney? Like who? who so were they here's giving a, it to? <laughs> Delaney's out for the no, season. No, I'm saying last year though. How oh, they... last year Delaney. 100%, yeah, I was just saying, how are they? Yeah, Delaney had an insane year last year. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so they, they who, what they threw to that night was Taiwan Taylor, six receptions, fifty nine yards. Mm. Mm, it's quiet. Um, and then Deion Lewis, five receptions, thirty nine yards, just dump offs. And then uh, yeah, whoever Anthony Ferkser is, <laughs> three receptions, twenty seven yards. Who's Michael? Like it's spelled M I M Y C O L E, Pruitt one reception nine yards so quiet receiving night by them but let's take a look where the Jaguars are kind of headed as of right now so again they're going with Cody Kessler no Blake Bortles I think second week in a row first week right? uh second week they're not starting him anymore oh yeah they're not they start- said the rest it of the season they're not they said the rest of the season and they're probably moving on from him too most likely uh I was still a fan of Kirk Cousins going over there and they should have done it and then they extended him. I don't know how that's going to work in his contract, but um, mm-hmm. anyway, Cody Kessler's the starter now. We have 25 for 43, 240 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Leonard Fournette, 14 carries, 36 yards. Um, and then they're receiving. Uh, a lot of it came from D.D. Westbrook. It's always back and forth there. It's either him, Keelan Cole, or, yeah, that's pretty much it, pretty much. So D.D. Westbrook, seven receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Keelan Cole, three receptions, 30, 55 yards. Uh, Dante Moncrief, five receptions, 47 yards, and everyone got their fair share of the work, but not much, go- not much going on there. So where, where is it going wrong for the Jags? Because we could say it's Blake Bortles, but their defense is just as bad. So what's going on with their defense? Considering last year they were one play away from making it to the Super Bowl. Honestly, I think their defense. I think what happened was last year was kind of like uh like a miracle for them. No one really thought, you know, they had talent, but no one really thought that the way that they were, they were going to continue to do that. Everyone was just like, oh, like they have a good defense. It was just one of those teams similar to the Texans. You're just like, oh, you know, they got a good defense. They got a good defense. Every year you're saying that, and they just never seem to put it together. So I feel like last year, just somehow, some way it came together, and it worked out, and they really aren't sure how that kind of worked out. because they just kept giving it to Fournette, and Fournette had his fair share of, tr- of uh, injury troubles this year along with the suspension. Mm-hmm. And their defense isn't going to hold that up. you gotta have no. to, you got have to, you gotta have to run an offense because, again, we talked about this before, it's a change league. you got Pat Mahomes going for MVP because he can run an offense. you got yeah. the Rams who can run an offense, and their defenses are awful. And they both put up 50 points in the same game. So yeah. it's, it's a different league now. I feel like last year it was definitely defensive – more so than uh, offensive, which is insane—a one-year jump, which is why NFL is considered one of the best sports. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, I think where they where they're in trouble is definitely their def definitely. Well, it's their offense. We all know it. They need a number one receiver. They need a quarterback. They had their chance to go get a quarterback. Instead, they signed him again, mm-hmm. which could have gave them the opportunity for a number one receiver. If I'm if I'm the Jags, what do you do in the draft? Do you go for a quarterback top pick? Because right now they're projected to be one of the top three, top five picks, possibly. And do you go for quarterback? considering this is an okay quarterback draft class or do you go wide receiver and because they got some good wide receivers coming into this draft too where do you go from there because obviously you're not going to give Bortles a second chance yeah I don't I don't think they're gonna give Bortles a second chance I think based on you know previous years plus what you just said where it's not a, a strong category in quarterbacks for this draft I think you go after a quarterback in free agency and you draft a a receiver in in the draft I, I just think that's the smartest thing to do start a smartest move uh so for me, I think their best move in the draft would be to honestly go quarterback. If if I think that's their best shot, because you could have you can have a so you got the you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, for example, who doesn't have the biggest wide receiver package in the world. He, like now you have Sammy Watkins, who's out. You have Tyreek Tyreek Hill. They got Benjamin, who's good. Uh, he hasn't even played a game yet, though. Yeah. Uh, who knows how they're going to involve him in there. But you then he has Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest targets you could think of. Yeah. And he's still excelling with that offense. To me, I think you go quarterback to be safe. I feel like you'd always get a wide receiver the following year, I think. I think where they're set up. I think quarterback is their best bet for me, personally. Mm. Um, you could always find that hidden gem wide receiver. You have your ABs of the world. Yeah. You know, AB wasn't a first-round pick. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like there's hidden gems there. Anyway, so we can move on from this game. Uh, shout out Derrick Henry. That was fire to watch. Uh, so let's talk about Panthers, who are having problems of their own. They're now 6-7. and seven. They have lost five games five. in a row now. 6-7. Yeah. and seven. Then you have the – they went up against the Browns. They took the L, 26-20. to 20. Browns moved to 5-7-1. and one. Uh, Then Cam Newton just didn't have the greatest game in the world. Uh, we'll go over their offensive stat lines here. So you got Cam Newton, 26 26- – for 42, 265 yards and a pick. My my issue here is that they had a full opportunity to win this game again. I feel like they would learn from their mistakes, especially against the the Lions that one week. Mm-hmm. Where if it's the last play of the game, you're Cam Newton. You either rush it in when you're close because you're that atle- you're that athletic that you can do it, or you make the throw because you were once an MVP, first round pick, number one pick, I might add, and you're just the guy of the team. You're the face of that franchise. You got to make those throws. And both of them were the same route almost. It was like a slant route yeah. for you to your wide receiver. And they all all you have to do is put it in their hands and they catch it. The game's over. You win. Yeah. And they did it again. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like the team, just since they had that Super Bowl run, I wouldn't even call it a Super Bowl hangover. I feel like they just kind of got very, very, very cocky that year. And they've just been very full of themselves since and it's like all right well you got a whole new team now you got a whole new dynamic and you're not that team anymore so you need to actually build up and and start from scratch you need to practice you need to put in hard work I feel I'm not doubting they don't put in work I'm just saying like they kind of seem to walk around with like this chip on their shoulder and it's like well you got to earn that back it's not just given to you I think the Falcons are still kind of working on that too yeah damn this is a this this division has a bunch of like super bowl contenders it's really weird obviously except for the bucks 
Yeah. yeah you, got, <laughs> you got the Panthers making it, not coming down with it. You got the Falcons making it, not coming down with it. And the Saints are rolling Saints their almost, way this year. Yeah. yeah, and they've won Super Bowls before. So this is a pretty talented division. And looking at the Panthers, it just looks like a team that's falling apart. And looking at their schedule, it's one of the easiest schedules you're going to have moving forward. You're going against the Saints one more time, I think. Two more times. They haven't even versed them yet. I don't think so, no. I, I thought they versed them once or at least. Already. No, I think they play in the last week and maybe next week. So it's not looking good. And then you ver- you verse the Bucks and the Lions, who are both teams that are not even close to making the playoffs this year, and you can't even pull it down with those guys. It's yeah. kind of ridiculous. To me, I think Cam is the problem here. I don't think Ron Rivera is making the wrong play calls. But um, the, only, the only bright spot of this team right now, especially on offense, is uh, Christian McCaffrey. He is um, their offense. He is insane. <laughs> he is insane. When he came into the league, he was a first. He was a first round pick. People thought like, oh, he probably wasn't going to be the running quarterback. Yeah. Oh, quarterback, sorry, running back. Yeah. And lo and behold, he had 16 carries, 63 yards, two touchdowns. So he's definitely dependent on the goal line. They're going to give it to him. They're going to give him those opportunities. And um, then we'll take a look at his receiving game. He had, he was quiet this game, six receptions, 38 yards. But that one week we covered him. We had he had 100 yards in both aspects yeah. of playing that receiving and rushing. But uh, receiving, they like to use Curtis Samuel. He's like a gadget-type player. So yeah. four receptions, 80 yards. Uh, Ian Thomas, uh, is he filling in for Greg Olson? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he had nine receptions, 90, 77 yards. DJ Moore, who they have to use because he's, he's got to be your number one guy. Can't You can't lean on Funches. Funches was completely quiet. I don't think he did anything. Did nothing, he? no receptions yeah. for no, nothing. And DJ Moore is a very talented receiver. I feel like you got to use him. you got to use him in the end zone. But uh, he had five receptions, 67 yards. And then Jarius Wright, three receptions, 36 yards. To me, in their draft, they better go wide receiver. they got to. They really got to get another one. Because I feel like if you got a number one in DJ Moore, or if you get a number one in a receiver you draft, he could be your best number two, and you basically got a wide receiver 1A, 1B type thing going on there. Yeah. If they have a receiver, they'll be good. If I, I feel like if you can give Cam his weapons, he could do it. But that year he became MVP, he wasn't even like – he didn't even have that much weapons. He had – you know, Ginn. He had Ginn. Who, Greg Olson. Who was a deep threat. And then yeah. and then you, you lost Benjamin for the year. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he can do he can do with what he's got. But you got to help him out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we'll look at the Browns here. Uh, Baker Mayfield, eighteen for twenty-two, two hundred thirty-eight yards and a touchdown. Did you see that one play? Baker Mayfield did like the the best like fake. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah. Like he like it was like, amazing. Yeah, I know it was like a fake to chub like right around with his other hand. That was pretty cool. That was insane. I feel like on camera it doesn't look as solid, but I feel like when, when it happened, yeah, it was probably the coolest thing yeah. ever. Yeah. But uh, so, what do you think of Nick Chubb? I think he, I think oh he's a beast yeah I, I was gonna say I think I think they found themselves a uh, a running back for the future. To me, he's the first Browns running back in fantasy to see seventeen points projected. Yeah, I mean they they just previously they just never had a reliable running back. I would say the last time they had like a really good running back was when they had Peyton Hillis who won. <laughs> He was on the Madden cover. So Madden what, twelve. Like, yeah, ten twelve. And that Great was, Madden that was game. It. That was a good Madden yeah, game. Yeah, that was it. That was the last time I'd say that they had a reliable running back. After that, it's been not that they haven't been great. They're still talented running backs. It's just their previous running back was Crowell. Yeah, they had Crowell. They had thought Duke he Johnson. was gonna show out and he never did. Duke Johnson is just a receiving back. Um they had they had Carlos Hyde for like th- two, like a minute. And they used him a yeah. lot. 
But again, you move on from different coaches. Uh, yeah. You're not going to use the same guy. But anyway, Nick Chubb, 13 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and then you got uh, Landry doing a little bit of a trickery play to tie up the game in the beginning. Yeah. Um, he had two carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. So that was uh, that was pretty Kudos solid. Kudos to him. He helped me win fantasy this week. Yeah, and uh, who? <laughs> yeah, true. Because he had um, another touchdown receiving three receptions, fifty-seven yards. So he had two touchdowns on the day, and then he got Brashad Perriman, who led the team in yards, but only received twice, and mm. one of them was a sixty-six yard uh, reception. Yeah, that got them to the position to score. You got Najoku, three receptions, thirty thirty-five yards. Uh, Higgins, two receptions, 19 yards. So I feel like the key takeaway for me for the Browns is that um, if they use Chubb a lot more, I think they'll be solid. And I feel like if you look at it now, if you look at the draft overall, Baker was the best quarterback to go with at that moment. Yeah, by far. By far. And second pick in the second round was Chubb. Mm -hmm. So both picks working out well for you. They got an established running game. What do you – so what I heard is the only way, like Bruce Arians, the only way he'll yeah. come out of retirement is if he plays, if he coaches the Browns. If that happens, how solid is this team after they get Bruce Arians to coach that team? I mean, I, I think they would be pretty. I think they'd be pretty set. They because I mean, Bruce Arians had a lot of success in Arizona, so it was like I remember coming into one season, we were like, oh, it's gonna be like Pat's Cardinals going into mm-hmm. like the, the Super Bowl. And you look at yeah. it now, it's not even no shot. No shot. Yeah. And it's, I yeah. don't know. It's it's interesting because they have a lot of talent on both sides of the the ball, but I don't I don't know. I feel like Bruce Arians is just I don't I don't know if he would be able to to fully take that team because they're they're very different from the Cardinals when they were doing well. You had a veteran quarterback and you had Larry who was a veteran receiver and then a new running this back. This last year. Yeah, so it's it's so you have to get Kirk back. It I, I just feel like when they were doing well, whatever it was the same year the Panthers went off. When they were doing well that year, it, it, I feel like it was just a different dynamic. Wasn't it Cardinals Panthers in the playoffs? Yeah, that was to go to the Super Bowl, I believe the championship I th- game. I think so too. Yeah, so I I just I don't know. I feel like Bruce Arians would have to. He has obviously he's a great coach. He has a lot of success. I feel like it would be a different kind of game plan though, because you have a like a bunch of young guys. They're not, you're not gonna have that one guy that can go out there and you could be like, yeah, he's definitely gonna make the play. He's the one to rely on. You you got a bunch of people that are trying to prove themselves, trying to step up. I feel like if you have the Browns that become a ground and pound team, and you don't have to rely on Baker Mayfield that much, and I know he's talented, he's a number one pick. If you don't have to use him for a while, keep him healthy, and you just use a use Chubb on the ground, and you you can use Baker later in the game. Say it's like two minute drill and they need to yeah. win the game. He's gonna be well rested to get you downfield. So if they could become that kind of team, I think they're gonna be a threat in that division. And right now with the Browns winning, they got five wins on the season. Yeah. Last two seasons they didn't, they barely they just won they had, one. They had one in the last. So now two, they got yeah. five. So it's there's definitely upside there. They lost their head coach. Their defensive coordinator is now their head coach. Their running backs coach is now their you know offensive coordinator. They're looking okay. So who yeah. knows who their what head coach is going to look like? But take a look at that division. Ravens, who are still working out their quarterback situation. Steelers are looking weird right now. Yeah. They're in their kind of 
slump that they always head into. Yeah. You got the Browns who are looking up from here, but they still have their downsides too. And then who's the last team in that division? The Bengals. The Bengals. They're in the last right oh, now. Absolutely awful. Uh, so it's a, next year it could be wide open. It so could be. I don't think you can it's consider like the the Ravens to be a, a second place lock anymore. Well, because in my opinion, <clears throat> I feel like every year the Steelers they, they have talent, but every year they end up finding a way to make it farther because they have those easy division wins. And I feel like as you take, like as you get those games, like for example, the one year that they didn't win one of the divisions, the most recent time, the Bengals, I believe it was, they had like a like a twelve and four season or something. They went off, and they ended up beating the Steelers, I think, twice. It's I feel like, and then you know, if if you have the Bengals looked solid at the beginning of the season and they kind of fell apart, you have the Ravens who have a good, they have a great defense. It showed against Kansas City. And now the Browns are up and coming. I feel like the, the Steelers aren't guaranteed to take that division anymore. I feel like the division games kind of were, worked in their favor. And I don't know if that's going to be the case going forward. Yeah. So sticking in this division, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, you got the Chiefs, uh, Ravens. Uh, Chiefs taking the victory in overtime, 27-24. Uh, Ravens moved to 7-6. and six. Chiefs moved 11-2. and two. Does that secure a spot in the playoffs for them? For um, the Chiefs? Yeah, did they clinch? Um, who, no. Because I know we're at San the San po- Diego is a game behind them. Right, because I think we're in the point in the division. Where San Diego plays them this Thursday. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a big game. Yeah. So it's th- it's so the game's gonna be so big that they're bringing Melvin Gordon back early. Yeah. Which could be good or bad. It yeah, you never know how that turns out. Yeah. We know. So let's get into this game. We got uh. Again, 27-24, heading into overtime. We'll talk about this game a little bit because I think this is one of the more, the more exciting games yeah, of definitely. the week. Uh, we got Lamar Jackson, 147 yards, two touchdowns. It's not showing his uh, completions or anything like that, so I can't really see it. But uh, Lamar Jackson also using his legs, 13 carries, 71 yards. Let me ask you this. Do you think Lamar Jackson running this much is going to impact how long his career lasts for? Yeah, I think it will. I I think he's one day he's gonna take a hard hit and yep. he's gonna be out for like a whole season. That's what happened to RG three. It's exactly what happened to RG three. And he's on that team. He he was running a lot. It was working out for him. He took one hit. He had a concussion, and then he you know later on tore his ACL, and then it was just downhill from there. And like we said, Mike Vick even said that's not gonna work in this league. Yeah, it's a different league now. You got to run an offense. Uh, but and, and yeah, you you plan for that. You QB spy. You do something. You get ready for it. You know, eventually down the line, you you can stop a running quarterback, but you you can't stop. It's harder to stop a quarterback that can be mobile, but can also have pinpoint accuracy and throw it down the field. I feel like in the offseason, if you get Lamar Jackson to work on his throwing style, because he's a phenomenal runner, he's an insane athlete. Mm -hmm. If you can get him to throw, he'll be dangerous. He'll be very dangerous. He'll be equivalent to what uh, Russell Wilson was when they were making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I think more athletic in terms of like yeah. overall ability, if he yeah, could just you, throw. You, you, you got to get him to throw. You can't let him run thirteen times because you got Gus Edwards running sixteen for sixty-seven. He's running more he, yards. He than ran. Th- he had three back. more carries yeah. and with more yards. That's that's not. I don't. I don't think that's the most positive thing to have your running back do. Yeah, I mean they're they're winning. Like I mean, they lost last uh, yesterday. They lost, but it was a three-point game to a great team. But before that, they've been winning. They were on a win streak with him doing that. I just feel like it, it it catches up to you. You're you're gonna either take a hit or the 
to other teams. You're going to plan for it. They're going to have tape. He's relatively new. You're going to, that, that effect is going to wear off and he's going to just be predictable and then he's not going to be putting up those numbers. Yeah. So anyway, so it looks to me that the Ravens, and this has been a trend over the past couple of weeks, is that they really like Willie Sneed over there. Mm-hmm. He has five receptions, 61 yards. You got Crabtree, who was expected to be the number one guy, three receptions, 31 yards. John Brown, who's the deep threat, who can kind of make some space, had the only touchdown. Well, he had two, there's two touchdowns with the air, but he has one of them. Two receptions, 23 yards, reaching the end zone, and Max Williams, one reception, 10 yards. Uh, to me, it's kind of like this offense just needs some work. Their defense needs some work. I'm surprised they're even 7-6. and six, But uh, they kept it tight between the, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And, but we'll take a look at their stat lines here because I like talking about the Chiefs. Um, Pat Mahomes threw 53 times. Absurd. Jeez. Completed 35 of them. Two, 377 yards through the air. Two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Spencer Ware, 15 carries, 75 yards. Damian Williams, eight receptions, 14 yards, and a touchdown. He also had a touchdown receiving as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. And uh, you got Tyree Kill, eight receptions, 139 yards. I'm not sure if you saw that one throw, but it was completely insane. It was towards the end of the game. They needed to get downfield. And uh, Patrick Mahomes was, like, rushing out of the pocket, right? Yeah. Tyree Kill was on the left side of the field. And what they tell quarterbacks, this has happened to far before, you're not supposed to throw cross body to the other side of the field because you don't know if a defender is going to come underneath and pick it off. Yeah. So and Favre's done that before, and that's how he's. That's one of the worst endings to a game is when he did that because yeah. he didn't have to throw it and he threw it anyway. But um, he did it. Tyree Kill had like two defenders on him, kind of slipped through, and he caught it, and they headed downfield to eventually tie the game. If I'm not mistaken, what was that? I um, forgot what that. I forgot what that ended up happening for them because they needed that. They didn't need that. I I mean I did they tie it. I think they, they tied it with a field goal. They they because and then if you were if I'm not mistaken at the end of the game he missed a field goal. Yeah. Didn't didn't. But I'm not sure if he made one before or they scored. No, I think they scored, and then their defense made a stop. Wait a minute. Nah, you want to know what happened? The fumble. Lamar Jackson got stripped. He, fumbled, he got yeah. stripped. That's what happened. And then that's how the Chiefs got put in that position to win with a field goal, and then their kicker missed. So, yeah, they needed to score that drive in order to tie it up. Right, and I'm not sure if you saw that other thing Pat Mahomes did. This dude is just insane. But uh, he actually, there was a video at multiple angles. He did like a no-look pass. I know, and it was pinpoint. That's unheard of (laughs) in football. You can't throw a no-look pass. I get basketball. He's like two inches away from the guy. And it was he on point. He was looking point. straight, and he just threw left and put it right into Tyreek Hill's hands. It was <laughs> – and the crazy thing was, too, is for most of that game, the first half, I believe, Tyreek wasn't even in. He was dealing with an injury, and then even yeah. when he came back, you could see him limping after the He was limping on and off the field. Yeah, but that was insane. A no-look pass as a quarterback, unheard of. And they did it at multiple angles, so it didn't look like he was looking. Yeah. He was already looking straight, and his arm went in a different direction. <laughs> But uh, you got Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 77 yards, reaching the end zone. I feel like that's a must for Chiefs, Chiefs wins. Uh, Spencer Rare had five receptions, 54 yards. I guess he's still getting a feel to getting back into this offense. Again, he was injured. He lost the job to Kareem Hunt. Now mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt's gone. Uh, and then Demetrius, uh, no, Damian Williams reached the end zone, receiving two. So who knows whose backfield that's going to be moving forward but uh again my takeaway from this game is that uh make your field goals if you're a kicker that's your only job (laughs) finish the game because they took it into overtime and it ended on the same thing a kick and they won the game 
Yeah, well, that's been all season. Kickers have been just not doing well. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. And then I feel like Butker is one of the better like kickers, and he just couldn't get it done. But I don't know. This game was pretty close. What does that tell you about the Chiefs? Does that show you that they're still dominant, or that you know losing Kareem Hunt it takes a little bit of a hit on them? Because the, uh, Eric Berry was supposed to play this game, and ended up not playing. Yeah, I mean Spencer Ware still did well considering. Go. Um, I mean he <laughs> he he still had a touchdown. And he still had, what, 77 yards or something? 70 rushing yards? Yeah. So he still did well. It's it's showing that he can be a suitable backup. It's just the name isn't there. So the, the as a defense, when you hear of Kareem Hunt, it was similar to the, the beginning of the season with James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. What was going to happen? You never knew because you heard of Le'Veon Bell and everyone knew that name. They knew of the talent. And James Conner was a new guy. They didn't know what he could produce. And he's kind of starting to make a name for himself now. I feel like I feel like it, they're taking a hit on offense without him. But I think the main playmaker is Mahomes. I feel like it wasn't like the Jaguars where you were relying on the run. I feel like Mahomes is possibly going to be the MVP. I feel like he'll make it work. Right. All right, so we could actually move on here. The next game on the slate here was the... Uh Colts, Texans, did you take a look at this game by any chance? I didn't, this is the only game I didn't have a closer look at. Uh, I mean, it was, it, it was like, I feel like I was watching Red Zone and it was in and out. There wasn't showing much of it. Right. Um, so, I, but, I, I know the score, it wasn't as close as what it really was. The the, uh, the Texans started to make a comeback towards the end, but I think it was a consistent like 10-point lead for the Colts through most of that game. Right, so how this ended was the Colts ended the Houston Texans. What game? How many? What nine. Game winning, nine game winning streak? Yeah. Uh, they won 24 to 21 division games. So the Texans aren't first in this division, but mm-hmm. it's still up for grabs because now the Colts and the Titans are seven and six. Yeah. So to me, I think the Texans can hold on. I feel like they're way too talented, but again, uh, Andrew Luck is just insane. He was one yard short of 400 yards throwing through the air. Yeah. So he was, he went, he threw 41 times. 27 for 41, 399 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Marlon Mack, 14 carries, 33 yards and a touchdown. Uh, oh, my God. T.Y. Hilton, one yard short of 200 yards receiving, uh, nine receptions, 199 yards. There's a weird stat that I heard that apparently every time the Colts versus the Texans or versus the Texans, whenever T.Y. is healthy and playing, he always goes off. Yeah, that that is that is a weird stat. Like there are weird just players thing. that d- do that against certain like teams. In every division, there's at least one game, like division game, where one player just has the other team's number and they know yeah. exactly what to do. Yeah, they just can pick them apart like that. Uh, yeah, Eric Ebron reaching the end zone too with Jack Doyle going into IR, four receptions, sixty-five yards, and a touchdown. And it was kind of quiet for them there. So again, this game wasn't that amazing. If red zone won't even put them on the screen, but uh, <laughs> where the uh, the Texans kind of went wrong is not many touchdowns through the air, but um, on the ground, you got Alfred Blue and Lamar Miller both reaching the end zone. Uh, Deshaun Watson had one touchdown through the air. I think it was to DeAndre Hopkins. I think it was to him, yeah. yeah. 27 completions, 38 attempts, 267 yards. And, yeah, the one receiving touchdown was to DeAndre Hopkins. Just not a solid game by them. I feel like they were bound to come down soon. I'm just surprised it was the Colts that had to take him down. Yeah, I mean it was a division game, and a lot of times you hear division, division games. Division games are, odd. are tough. They're tough. It's it's just one of those random events. You could have a team that's one in 
10 and they could be a team that's 10 and 1. You never know, but yeah, surprised it was the Colts. Yep. So here's a, where this week gets interesting. We're going to talk about the Patriots Dolphins. <laughs> so this game ended 34 to 33. Pats lose, they move to 9 and 4. Miami Dolphins 7 and 6. I can't believe the Dolphins are 7 and 6. All these teams that are supposed to be bad don't even have a they're like, not the bad. bad record. It's yeah. weird. It's obviously the Patriots division. But I'm surprised the Dolphins yeah. are have the record that they have now. This game, uh, we'll just skip. We'll just we're gonna go over the stats, but we know how how it all yeah, ended. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Ryan Tannehill throws to who, and then he pa- he shovel passes it I think to it was who? Kenny Stills. Stills, Stills to, to Parker. So- Stills to Parker. Let's, let's just say it is Parker. Stills to Parker to Drake. Yeah. Drake takes it to the house. Because Gronk is slow. <laughs> He's not a good safety. Why are you putting him out there? Well, they put him out there, and they said that they didn't have McCourty out, who's their best defensive player. They didn't put him out there. That's ridiculous. You don't put the game on the line like that. I, I just, I don't. My Dolphins and Patriots always play tight every single year. Well, they said in the last few years, the last few years that Brady has been in Miami, he has lost like four out of the last five you times. You just can't play there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, it's it crazy. It, it's weird because last year I think they got – they got beat bad by them. I don't think it was this close last year. I think they got beat bad by them. With Jay Cutler. Yeah. But it was just like this year, that was just literally a miracle. It was like last year with uh, the Vikings in the, in the playoffs. It's the same thing. If you like, hear wow. the announcer, he's like, all right, it should end right here. Wait, wait, yeah. no, it's not. And then they t- he takes it to the house to finish on that one play. And that was just insane to me. That's like the week was already getting good by then. And that just was like the cherry on top. But. Yeah. Tom Brady had a solid game. Uh, he had 27 completions on 43 attempts, 358 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Sony Michelle, 20 carries, 57 yards. Um, and James Devlin reaches the end zone. I think he's their fullback. No one carry. Yeah, he's their fullback. Uh, I got Gronk reaching the end zone. He had a solid game, just can't make a tackle for his life. <laughs> eight, eight receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Josh Gordon almost reaching 100 yards, two. Five receptions, 96 yards. Julian Edelman reaching the end zone, nine receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. I feel like they're using this receiving core really well. It's a shame that they couldn't win this game, Bill. Uh, Cordero Patterson, two receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. And um, that's about it going on in their offense there. So you really can't blame the offense here. It's kind of like a miracle thing that they pulled off. But um, you got Tannehill here, 14 for 19. He hasn't been throwing that much all year. But he had three touchdowns through the air. So Meh. that's a thing. And then he had 265 yards uh, uh, throwing. Uh, Frank Gore, 12 carries, 92 yards. Brandon Bolden, two oh, carries, yeah. 60 yards, two touchdowns. That was insane. And then Kenyon Drake didn't get that touchdown until – that was considered a receiving touchdown. Yeah. And it was for 55 yards. Yeah. So he got all the credit for it. And uh, Brandon Bolden used to be on the, the uh, Patriots. Yes. So. I feel like whoever's been on the Patriots know exactly what their team is. <laughs> yeah, because they, they've had the same coaching staff. It's the same system. Exactly. Every every year. It's... All right. So you got Kenny Stills, eight receptions, 133, 135 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Frank Gore had one reception. It was kind of quiet from there on. You got Bryce Butler, 20. 23 yards receiving on one catch to get to the end zone. So to sum up this whole game, it was really that one play. This should have been a Patriots yeah. win easily, taking them to 10-3. and three. But the uh, Dolphins hold on for a win. And now here it gets more interesting. We're going to talk about another division game, Giants-Redskins. Without Odell Beckham Jr., won the game 40-16. to 
Giants move on to five and eight. I saw a stat where they could possibly make a wild card game if they if everything works out right. And so yeah, far, I think it is. There's so many uh, factors. Well, in there. what really hurt is Dallas winning yesterday. That really hurt. Because you guys, if if the Eagles had won, then your division would have been... No, here, I got the stats here. All right, so Giants' most likely path to the playoffs is Dallas over Philadelphia. Why? Seahawks over the the Vikings. Carolina has to lose two of of three to New Orleans, Atlanta, and New Orleans, and that could happen. That could, yeah. Yeah, Philadelphia has uh, has to lose two of three to the Rams, Texans, and skins, it which did. is very – it could happen. And then you got Minnesota who has to lose two to Miami, Detroit, and Chicago. I feel like that's kind of where it may not happen there. Green Bay yeah. has to lose one of their next three, Chicago, uh, Giants, and Detroit, and uh, Bears are doing pretty well right now. And Giants have to beat the Titans, the Colts, and Dallas. And Giants would travel to Chicago for a wild card game. Yeah, but but wait a minute. Why did they need Dallas to win? I don't know. Because now Dallas is, don't they? Do they have eight wins, seven wins? What? How many do they have? Uh, they have I'm not s- sure. They won last night, so I'm not too sure. Yeah, but if they have, I, th- I think they have seven wins now. Maybe, maybe eight. But if they win that, then they're two, three games ahead of them for the division, unless they're solely just going for the wild card spot. Because I, I don't know, but that's how what I read on one of the hmm. Giants accounts that that's their most likely path to get to the. It's a lot of that's a lot of ifs, but a lot of ifs. But it's like, it's a weird time to get everything placed together for the Giants. Like yeah. as at, it's really like that's the Giants thing is that they run the table at the end when they don't need to. Yeah. Because now like, I think the draft order they're the ninth pick right now. Mm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Giants are considered one of the worst teams in the league, and they have the ninth pick, so they're in like the middle of the pack. Yeah. It is weird. I mean, they they're an, they're a weird team. They always have been. Every time always they make weird. the playoffs, put it together like at the beginning. I don't know. Well, it's honestly, I I feel like this game, it the reason it ended the way it was was a mix of things. It was a mix of the Redskins just not able to produce on offense because they don't have a quarterback, and then Saquon Barkley just went off. I feel yeah. like that's what it was. It was just really going really well for the Giants and going really, really wrong for the Redskins. So let me propose a question for you before we go over this. If you were to go over the NFL rushing leaders right now, who is your top three? Uh, I would say Zeke, Gurley, and Barkley. You're right. Yeah. All right, so the exact numbers are Zeke has 1,262 yards rushing, Gurley has 1,203, and Barkley is 1,124. Mm, right as, there. as a he's rookie. Right yeah, he's right there. Yeah, so he's one of the top-tier guys. And you look at it now, I just want to laugh in everyone's face, okay? Whoever said they should have drafted a quarterback, which they're going to have that opportunity this draft, so relax, we're not playing for anything yet. He was the best player to take at that moment, and mm-hmm. you can't argue with that. Baker's off the board. Best quarterback out of all four of them, yeah. four of them, or five of them altogether. Mm-hmm. He's the best out of all of them right now. If you look at all the stats and QB ratings, he's the best. Yeah. Barkley, second pick, he's arguably one of the best players in that draft. Like, taking away positions, Barkley, Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Giants take him. Shermer is a run-first coach because he had Dalvin Cook last year. And what he had to work with was Case Keenum. And he also had to work with Murray after after Cook got hurt with McKinnon. You're going to take the best running back that you know is probably going to be a Hall of Fame running back in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. And he he's just 
a one-of-a-kind talent, you'd be dumb not to take him because you look back then, we took flowers over Gurley. So yeah. let that sit for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Exactly. So pretty ridiculous. But anyway, the Giants move 5-8, and 6-7 and seven, uh, are the Redskins who were making a run to you know take the the division. But uh, now mm-hmm. it's pretty much wide open. Uh, and then, again, 40-16, to 16, Giants took the victory again without Odell. Yeah. So that's the thing. And then you got Eli Manning. First time throwing two, three touchdowns in a very long time with no yeah. pick, no picks. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Under 200 yards passing, 197 yards, 14 for 22. Aletta mm. came in the game later on after the blowout and didn't complete one pass. <laughs> and the one thing he did get into someone's hands was a pretty interception. Yeah, he, so, he had a completion. Yeah, we're looking straight to a quarterback this draft so everyone can relax. We're going to have a young quarterback, a young running back, you got a wide receiver that just got signed. We're going to have so much money for free agents, it's insane. So just get ready for the Giants to just come in this offseason. Because uh, I'm not sure if they're holding on to, to Eli anymore, but at least we know we're going to have a solidified quarterback right behind him. Mm-hmm. So just everyone look out. The best luxury to have in the NFL is to have a young quarterback that's under a rookie contract, and you just pay every single person you can think of. Just so, just like the Rams, they just paid. They just got a solidified wide receiver and Brandon Cooks. They got. Sue. They just paid uh, Aaron Donald, so they have him for the next six years. Yeah. And I don't know, they're just paying for all these. There's these free agents like Marcus Peters, who needs to Marcus get it together. Talib, who hasn't played at all season. He's back. He's back, but yeah. uh, you know, who knows where they would have been defensively if he was there all season. So Giants are going to be in a good spot. They're going to get some defensive pieces. They're going to get some offensive pieces, and they got the draft to look forward to. And again, it's not like they did a bad thing in the draft because they drafted Barkley, and then second pick, they went offensive line. Is Hernandez, which, Hernandez, yeah. what they should what they should have done. I think they went Carter in the third, mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, they were doing exactly the order they were supposed to. If it wasn't a quarterback, it was going to be Barkley, and that was what it was speculated. That's who I wanted them to draft. They did it. Well worth it. Anyway, Barkley carrying the ball 14 times, 170 yards rushing, 12 yards per carry, and a touchdown. And then as it, as it became a blowout, they gave the ball to Wayne Gallman a lot. He had 14 carries, 38 yards. But it was mostly the Barkley show. And you got Evan Ingram, three receptions, 77 yards. Again, no Odell, so you're going to have to rely on the different receivers. Corey Coleman, two receptions, 43 yards. I, th- I still think they're going to let him go in the offseason. There's no way they could sign him. Um, and then you got uh, Barkley going four receptions, 27 yards. Sterling Shepard, two receptions, 17 yards, and a touchdown. Russell Shepard, a touchdown as well. Um, one reception, 11 yards. And then uh, Benny Fowler, one reception, six yards, and a touchdown. So it's just a complete manhandling for the most part. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the Redskins situation, they got they just signed Josh Johnson. He didn't do that bad, though. He did not do that bad. And he's a journeyman quarterback, as everyone knows. Giants had him at one point as well. Um, and then Mark Sanchez, who was taken out of the game after two picks. He's just, you know what you're uh, going to get out of him. Yeah, he's awful. Uh, who knows what they're going to do. They, this is their third quarterback since the Alex Smith injury. I'm um, not going to get in too much of, of what happened with the Redskins. But Josh Johnson had a touchdown rushing and passing along with a pick. Adrian Peterson, quiet. Chris Thompson, quiet. Jamison Crowder scoring their only touchdown through the air. Two receptions, 87 yards. Uh, yeah, good night, Redskins fans. 
Um, and I saw this one thing where the giant it said the Giants beat the Foreskins. <laughs> and yeah, so that, it's funny. And um, let's get into this close game here. You got Saints Bucks. Uh, what'd you think of this game? It, it was almost slipped through. I think the Bucks almost got this game by like half. They it looked like. they did. It was very close going into half. It's just the Bucks. The Bucks are a weird team. This year, the Saints have been relatively consistent for the most part. Panthers, like we were saying before, they're back and forth. They have like they were six and two, and now they're six and seven. No one knows what hit them. Now you got the Bucks, who started off kind of bad. Now are kind of recovering a little bit. I, I I don't know. I feel like the Saints kind of woke up at half. I feel like they were like, "What is going on? We should be winning this so, game." Yeah, we're a better better team than yeah. This. Like, what is? Why is this even? It's because it's a division game. It's yeah. the week of the division games. Which it, is why that, it's that's why so every weird. game was exactly. close. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I I think uh, I think the Saints are just they have too many weapons and they use them in too many different ways. You you got Taysom Hill who can run, he can block, he can he return. He blocked a punt. Yeah, so and that you, dude can is insane. You got man. him. You got Kamara who can run, who can receive. You got Ingram who can run and receive. You got Michael Thomas. You got um what's his name? Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis who never even heard of him until this year and he's starting to yeah. step up. You have Drew Brees. Like you just have these players that can just do multiple things and it shows up and that's really when they're on the field they're not one dimensional you don't know what's going to happen yeah, exactly so uh you actually have what's his name uh drew Brees going one touchdown one pick 200 yards to the air mark ingram getting a very impressive touchdown i feel like he was one of those touchdowns where like, we need this right now i just yeah. gotta get i just gotta get past the end zone yeah he's getting dragged for like 20 yards he reached the end zone once. Alvin Kamara, 12 carries, 51 yards. So it was pretty even split between those two. Uh, no touchdowns for him or Michael Thomas uh, this game, nor did Benjamin Watson. But Zach Line, their fullback, got a touchdown. Mm. So um, it's just one of those weird games. And then also Marshawn Lattimore had a pick six. I don't know, yeah. just, just a pick. Just a pick? Yeah, yeah, not a pick six. <clears throat> So yeah, that was uh, pretty much it on their side. You got the Bucks, who are still in still in shambles. They're one of the worst teams in the league as well, but they're five and eight. I'm surprised they even got five wins. But Jameis Winston, 18 for 38, not too great. Two 213 yards to the air, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers doing some of the work in the backfield, but not much going on there. Two touchdowns belong to Cameron Brait, of course, on only the two receptions he had. Um, I feel like. I feel like he's a really nice weapon for Jameis, but I feel like when he gets O.J. Howard back, that should be solid. Yeah. But, um, again, quiet game. It's just a weird division game. So we're going to move on from that. I didn't watch much of that game. I just knew the Saints were falling behind a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Packers-Falcons here? Uh, they ju- Packers just lost their head coach the week prior, and now they win with 34 points on the board. I'm not sure what to think of this. Uh, I'm really not too sure. I don't know if they just unleashed Aaron Rodgers or or what. I don't know what the M.O. was for the Packers coming into this game. They've had the same head coach for years. Yeah, it was just like it's just been one of those seasons where probably since five, six weeks ago, before half, I'm already turning the games off. It's it's just been one of those seasons, and it, it's painful to watch because both teams going into this, like the game, looking at this game in August, you thought, wow, this could have playoff contentions. Oh, if this, like, 
you know, who's going to be seated, who might not make it. From from August, that's what you assumed. Wow, there's going to be a, an important game. And both of the teams are not anywhere near what they expected. No, and both teams are out of the playoffs, what would you say? Uh, the Packers are still, like, slowly hanging on. Because I think they... Uh, they have five wins, five, seven, and one, or something five, like seven, that. Five, seven, one. And yeah. The Vikings. I don't even know what their record is. I think is. they have six wins. The Vikings. I think so too. So, the, and they're the Vikings are in the the wild card right now. So it's the it's the Seahawks and the Vikings who are facing off tonight. They're right. the two that are in the uh, they both wild need, card. They both need a spot. Yeah. So I I just feel like the game itself. It, it's it's honestly like watching it as a Falcons fan. It's just frustrating watching the team we have so much talent on that team you don't have your number one back you know i just don't get where it all went wrong here but we're gonna look at it here but let's start with the packers aaron Rodgers, 196 yards through the air uh two touchdowns uh completed 21 of his passes and then you got aaron jones i feel like when you're gonna piece their offense together i feel like you got to give aaron jones the ball mm-hmm. he's way too talented and he's kind of showing his true colors now um hopefully he could stay healthy stay out of trouble and uh, they should be fine. Then you got Devontae Adams reaching the end zone, seven receptions, 81 yards. Randall Cobb reaching the end zone as well, five receptions, 43 yards. And that's about it going on there. Uh, and then you got the one pick, Matt Ryan threw to pick six. Uh, Was it Breland? Yeah, Bashar Breland. Yeah. And so let's take a look at the Falcons here. So Matt Ryan, ever since he's, uh, ever since that Super Bowl. He hasn't really been capable of getting more than two touchdowns in a game. But, like, the one game he gets three touchdowns, that one pick changes everything. Yeah, that, that completely changed the game. Yeah, so he went 28 for 42, 262 yards, got those three touchdowns. Ito Smith, 11 carries, 60 yards. Tevin Coleman, 10 carries, 45 yards. They're receiving Julio Jones finally. He's reached 1,400 yards receiving over the past how many seasons? Five, Five seasons. Insane. He had two touchdowns, eight receptions, 106 yards. Average thirteen yards per reception. Uh, he's just way too, way too talented. They're just they're wasting him. And it's it's sad it, to it's, watch. It's extremely sad. Cause he could. They should have been in the Super Bowl the following year. They lost. Yeah, we easily could have made it last year, but <laughs> it's just. It just went downhill. It's our offensive coordinator right now. I'm throwing a party when he gets fired. Uh, Sarkeesian. Yeah, he's just he just doesn't. In my opinion, he just doesn't know how to use. And it showed he can't use our offense. No. Last year we weren't averaging a lot of points. This year we're not. It's just I feel like if Shanahan was still around and he had Kevin Ridley to play around with, they would be putting up like thirty points every week. Easily we'd be putting up thirty points. It's it's just sad to watch because you know yeah we're a little bit spoiled from when Shanahan was there and when we went to the Super Bowl we were averaging all these points, but that shows that we have the potential. We've only improved on offense because Taylor Gabriel was talented, but I think Ridley is better than Taylor Gabriel. So to have like that piece added, plus we've updated our offensive line. You know we have Freeman and Coleman still, still got Julio, still have Matt Ryan, still Mohamed Sanu. It's just like I I don't I don't know how we're put, we're averaging like thirteen points a game or whatever it is in the last few weeks. I'm not sure either. So like it was a solid game both offensively for both teams. They couldn't really put much on the board in the second quarter, especially after half. Yeah. So in the third quarter they scored nothing while the the Packers scored twice each quarter. Mm-hmm. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, Falcons finally decided, let's put up 13 points now. So, uh, yeah, so it was a very strange game. Falcons moved to 4-9, and nine, Packers 5-7-1 and one now. 
I must say, having a tie in your record has to be the ugliest thing I have ever seen. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't it's like disgusting. The look it. It's disgusting. It's just like, uh, like I don't like it. It's they gross. they should play until someone wins. It's gross. All right, so I'm not gonna stick on this game too much because honestly, this division I hate it. But it's the Jets and the Bills. Both teams four and nine now after the Jets take the victory here. But I'm gonna read you a stat about Josh Allen that's pretty upsetting to me. It, it's that. Josh Allen has more rushing yards this season, 490 yards, than LaShawn McCoy, 479 yards. And Josh Allen has only played nine games. McCoy has played in 12 games up to this point. There was another stat, too, about uh, where he Josh Allen beat Michael Vick's rookie record for something. I don't know what it was. For rushing? It, it, something. It might have been for, I think it was rushing, but I don't know exactly what in terms it was for rushing. But he had passed him in something. So and that's that for, uh, that surprised me. And what I saw, like I said, QB rating, I don't know what it was. But it was supposed to show how quarterbacks were doing up to this point. And the top quarterbacks were Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and then and then it was Rosen and Darnold. Hmm. And if you know and someone was like, if you notice, those top three quarterbacks were supposed to be busts. Yeah. Or considered to be a bust. Mm-hmm. So that's why it gets me excited as a Giants fan. It's like, I'm glad I'm, we're not in that discussion. Yeah. And it would be a different storyline now because they would they, one of them would be backing up, say it was Rosen or Darnold. Everyone would be like, oh, he's going to be the best when he comes in. And now you look at them now playing on their own team, and they're not even doing that well. And mm. Darnold is struggling with injuries right now. He was pulled out in the middle of the game. Yeah. But he came back later on. He went 16 for 24, one touchdown, one pick. Uh... And their backfield is still not a secure thing. You got Elijah Maguire and Crowell splitting. Not even splitting. You got Maguire going 17 for 60 uh, with, with a touchdown. Robbie Anderson reaching the end zone, too. It's just an off offense. I feel like if you give Darnold a good offense, it's like you have the quarterback of the future now. So I feel like just take get a hold of your, you know, uh, your picks, see what you can do. Their defense is looking kind of solid. I feel like if they just need some offensive pieces, they should be fine. Josh Allen, 18 for 36, 206 yards, two picks, but he's like, F it, I'm going to use my feet. Nine nine carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he seems to be doing that a lot recently. Dude is ridiculous with his feet. But and, you, and it's use funny. your arm, though. It's funny. I, you, you never hear anything about him running. That's, still. that's how he single-handedly beat the Vikings. Yeah, but like, still, didn't he hurdle someone in that game, too? Yes. Yeah, like even then, I up, feel up like... Up the draft, everyone's like, oh, the dude's got an arm. Yeah, and exactly. I was like, I'm just gonna use my legs. Like, I, I can't. I I don't get it. I feel like you hear Lamar Jackson, who is very talented on the ground, but I feel like Josh Allen should be in that conversation too, and he's just not in there. He's I don't even hear about him oh like God, that. Once this dude uses his arm, he's gonna be insane. I feel like he knows that he doesn't have a receiving core. He's like, F it, I'm just gonna run here. <laughs> Especially after losing uh, Kelvin Benjamin, who's considered yeah. a number one, but Robert yeah. Foster, who is supposed to be like the deep threat. Had seven receptions, 104 yards, but none of none of them made it to the end zone. And then uh, Isaiah McKenzie, four carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown put them on the board. They came down with a loss, but um, I don't know. I feel like the big storyline for me is that Josh Allen uses his feet. I feel like it's a funny thing to watch. That teams <laughs> just don't know how to like tackle him when he uses his legs. 101 yards rushing. That's completely insane. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's take a look here. Kind of winding down on games, but I wanted to take a look at the Bengals and Chargers. 
Uh, so Chargers took the victory without Melvin Gordon heading into this week with an MCL sprain. Um, they won 26-21 to 21 against the Bengals, who don't have their quarterback right now. They moved to 5-8, and eight, uh, last in the division like we mentioned. Uh, and the Chargers moved to 10-3, and three, which is insane to me because literally the Chiefs are 11-2. Yeah, and, and the team they are, they're way more talented than the Chargers. And it's really funny. I saw a post like two, three weeks ago maybe. There's a picture of Phil Rivers, and he just said, "Oh, when you're uh, t- when you're whatever record they were, like seven and two, whatever they were at the time, when you're seven and two, and no one cares." And but it was true. Yeah, he's not wrong. Like nobody. Chargers are always an afterthought to me, especially in that division. Yeah, and it, and it's pretty sad because they're they are like a ten and three record is nothing to to joke about. No, no, no. that's double digit wins. Yeah, that that they're they're better than the Patriots in terms of wins right now. That's better than the Patriots. That's right up there with the Saints and the Chiefs. And the Rams. And the Rams, yeah. What are the That's, Rams now? The Rams, uh, I believe they, they are... They lost their second game? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. That's right up there. Exactly. That's my point. They're right there. And if Chargers if they, are always an afterthought to everyone. Yeah, I know. It would get me annoyed. I'd be annoyed if I was a Chargers fan. I'd be annoyed, fan. too. But anyway, let's take a look at... Philip Rivers has been really solid for them. A little bit of a quiet game here, but last week he let, now he has he holds like an NFL record for the most com- most completions. In a game, or no? What is it like? Most completions without an incompletion. What was it like? Continuous. He, yeah, he had some. He's weird. Like he only stats. missed two passes or something. Nineteen for twenty-nine, two hundred and twenty yards, a touchdown, and he's having a ninth child. Yeah, he's. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is he gonna go for the ten? Is he going for ten kids? He might as well. I oh mean, my he's right God. there. He almost has as much kids as his record is. <laughs> as many wins as they have. Yeah, he's just gotta have. How do you have nine kids? I don't, I don't know. How do you I, keep track of nine I can't kids? even, ha- I don't think I could even handle one. I don't mm. know how he has nine. <laughs> he has nine. And his poor wife, he's always on the road playing games. She's dealing with She has to deal with, with nine kids. <laughs> oh, Come on, man. Phil. Uh, anyway, you got Austin Eckler filling in for Melvin Gordon's 15 carries, 66 yards, reaching the t- getting into the end zone with one touchdown right at the goal line. Uh, Justin Jackson getting some carries, but it's mostly Austin Eckler's backfield for the most part. Keenan Allen finally showing up a bit in the towards the end of the season. Five receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Williams, three receptions, 45 yards. Eckler getting involved in the passing game a little bit, and it, for the rest, it's kind of quiet for him. Um, I feel like their defense is kind of getting back together. They got Bosa back, so I feel like that's definitely a big help for him. And we'll touch on the Bengals a little bit. Their only bright spot there was Joe Mixon, 26 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. And most of his touchdowns came. Most of his yards yardage came towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drix, Driscoll, yeah, 18 for 27, 170 yards, and a touchdown. So they were definitely relying on Joe Mixon for the most part. Tyler Boyd, three receptions, 52 yards. You got uh, John Ross reaching the end zone. This is always a stat line with two receptions, 11 yards, and a touchdown. That, Why yeah. is that always a stat line? You know yeah. how fast can this this dude can run? He has the fastest 40 time of all time. Yeah, I know. And, and again, 11 yards on two receptions. He's he's averaging he's a first round five pick. and a half yards. He's a first-round pick, and they're giving it to Boyd every single game. I don't know. I feel I, I hate the Bengals as a whole, I don't like them. I'm not a they fan. They just don't know how to use... Like, see, th- what sucks is that they just don't know how to use their team. Andy Dalton is not terrible. He can do stuff. You got Joe Mixon, who is now proving himself. John Ross, just send him. Literally, just send him downfield. You have A.J. Green, who does not drop the ball. He hasn't been playing, though. He's, he's been on, injured. He's on IR. He's been injured, but when he's healthy, you got A.J. Green, who's a solid receiver. And Tyler Boyd's not bad either. Those are three good receivers. You got when you, when you can have Tyler Eifert if he ever doesn't. That dude get just injured. got it. Just retire. 
Dude, it's... he's gotten hurt every single season. He just broke his leg this year. Don't come back. Yeah. You know? It's, it's a rough career for him. Rough. Anyway, the Chargers move on. That was kind of not, no, not definitely not a walk in the park for them by any no. by no means. I but, was surprised, but but uh, Melvin, they have a big game coming up this week in division game for possible for the lead in the division for that week. If it, Chargers pull off that win, what do you think of the Chiefs? I I think the Chiefs will be a little rattled because I think so too. They almost they really almost lost this week. Yeah. They really it came down and nothing not to take away anything from the the Ravens. They have a talented defense, but they and by no means should have been anywhere near to taking that game. It's it, it should not have been close in my opinion. Yeah, definitely not. But uh I don't want to touch on this game too much. I was kind of going to skip over it cuz it was uh Broncos 49ers. Niners moved to 3 and 10, Broncos 6 and 7. But the big thing I'm going to take away from this game is my guy George Kittle. George Kittle. Seven receptions, 210 yards, a touchdown, and average 30 receptions. No, average 30 yards per reception. Yeah, he's just – he's just. Oh, my God. He is like – I don't know where he decided to come from, but he's having his coming out party. You know where year. he's coming from because he's had to go through three quarterbacks in the span of a year. Yeah, when – Jimmy G comes back. Ooh. Do you think? Do you think he's gonna be using him though? Because Probably not. Jimmy as G. Much. Jimmy G's a big fan of Trent Taylor. Is that his name? Yeah. He's a big fan of Trent Taylor. He's a big fan. Yeah, Trent Taylor. He's a big fan of uh, Goodwin, and he's a he's a pretty. I think um, he didn't have what's his name, uh, Pierre Garcon last year. So who knows? Well, I'm not sure if he's a big tight end guy. It's because they. What is it? Mullins is that his name? The Nick quarterback. Mo- Nick Mullins. Yeah. Well, he's he's. You hear it all the time. The backup quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, their go-to guys, their favorite players are their tight ends. They're closest to the quarterback. So We always say that, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like that's what's happening this year. So, Jimmy G, I feel like he, he's more of He a, better use Kittle. He, Dude's he, insane. I, I feel like he's just more of that, that kind of receiver look. He's not, he's not a check-down tight end kind of guy where he's going to be looking at him first option. He might give it to him, but I feel like he's going to be looking at, at uh, Goodwin or... Trent Taylor first. Yeah. So we'll skip over that game. It's mostly George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. But uh, we got the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Cowboys taking the victory 29-23, to as we mentioned before. They now have eight wins. They're eight and five. Eagles move to six and seven. Um, who knows what's going on with them? Not too sure. But anyway, let's take a look at Carson Wentz game. You can't really blame it on the quarterback. He's still trying to recover from his ACL uh, injury. But um, – he had three touchdowns this game, 200 yards to the air, 228 to be exact, 22 for 32. Josh Adams, uh, I think they're, I think their backfield is where they're starting to get a little rough here because they don't yeah. have a Jai. I feel like if they got to aim for a running back this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Adams, seven carries, 36 yards. Wendell Smallwood, one carry, three yards, and it's pretty quiet for everyone else. Um, you got Alshon Jeffrey reaching the end zone, six receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you got Dallas Goddard, four receptions, forty-four yards, and a touchdown. I'm not sure if you saw it at the end of the game, but they literally caught. They called a pass interference. He didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It was that not pass was not a pass interference. So everyone's like, of course the Cowboys are paying the refs. And did he get in on that play? He got. Did he get a touchdown on that? Yeah, right. It was like a game-changing thing. Like it could have pivoted the game a different way. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what to think of. I don't know. You got Sproles reaching the end zone, three receptions, uh, 31 yards. 
Nelson Aguilar, two receptions, 49 yards, and Golden Tate quiet this game after two touchdowns the last game. I feel like they really got to establish who's the number one. Is it going to be Jeffrey or is it going to be Tate? Yeah, they kind of are just I'll like, never uh, get over that. The Eagles don't need Tate on this team. They, they don't. They didn't need him. That was such a waste. That was a huge waste. What did they give up, a fourth? Uh, I guess it wasn't a waste. Something. But it's like now you're confusing Jeffrey, who you could have established as a number one receiver. Now you got Golden Tate in there. And yeah, well, very, I think, I think they're, I, in my opinion, their number one receiver is Zach Ertz. Yeah, I yeah. think that's their number one. We didn't even talk about him yet. Yeah, five. Rece- yeah, we did five receptions, thirty-eight yards. Pretty quiet by him. He had a quiet game, but I, I feel like he's like their main go-to guy. When you think of someone like a third-down play, they're going to him. Yeah. So we'll talk about the Cowboys a bit since they took the victory. Dak Prescott struggling, especially with their offensive line in shambles, but he did throw fifty-four times. Completed 42 of them. 455 yards through the air. Yeah, but 200 of that was Cooper. I was just about to get to that. <laughs> I was just about to get to that. He had three touchdowns, uh, two interceptions, and 90% of that is from Cooper. Yeah. Uh, you got Zeke, 28 carries, 113 yards. Give him the ball every game, you're almost guaranteed a victory. And I'm gonna. that's the last time I'm going to say that for them. Amari Cooper, 10 receptions, 217 yards, three touchdowns. Was he worth the first-round pick? Yeah. I think so, too. Just simple, yeah. He changed the dynamic of this team. They were a struggling team to a playoff contention team. It's basically what happened. Yeah. He, they, uh, he basically ran that offense because Dak had three touchdowns. He got all three of those touchdowns, and he got like half of the yardage that Dak had. 100%. It's, he, he might – I think it was smart. He just wasn't working with the atmosphere he was in previously he Honest, has the talent honestly when that trade happened i was like first round pick that's a little much for a guy that has improved himself yeah but in the end when i was thinking about it at, at first i'm like that's not a bad like it's not a bad trade because no one no what no one ever talked about was the redskins and the eagles were both in talks to get amari cooper at the time mm-hmm. and they were willing to give up a second a third like it, there was these talks that they were going to give up like these type of picks so you got the Cowboys who have no receivers other than what's his name, Cole Beasley. Yeah, they got Michael. Michael Gallup, Gallup too. wasn't done anything all season. And then they Alan Hearns, Hearns yeah. quiet. Have you heard his name all season? No. Absolutely not. So they're like, "F it, we're giving up a first. We're taking him. We need him right now because they have a running back. They they're got a, a solid great off- running back. They have an offensive line who has been known to be one of the best in the league. That's yeah. just not too great right now. So why not take Amari Cooper? Mm-hmm. And so, and they're making the most out of him, as we said before. And then you got Zeke, twelve receptions, seventy-nine yards, and again, all the touchdowns were with Amari Cooper at the time, and that's that's pretty much what won them their game, Amari Cooper. So um, I'm glad he found a place where they can call his own a bit. You know, I'm pretty glad that because uh, he's a talented dude. I thought he was going to show out with the Raiders at one point, but you know, ever since the Gruden came in, it kind of ruined everything. And speaking of Gruden, let's move on to the Steelers Raiders. They took their first. They took their first victory in a long time. This is this is bad. This is so bad. This is a, such a thing the Steelers would do is lose to the Raiders, who moved to three and ten. It wasn't just how they. It, you have to talk about how they lost, like because they missed the kicks. Because he's because he slipped on his ass for the game-winning field goal. Did you see it? Yeah. He planted and busted ass, and the kick got blocked. And you know I was they, just you, like, you know, they ugh. signed Chris Boswell to like a big extension. He's not terrible, but he's just not great. No. I and mean, he, he missed like five or six <laughs> over the season. 
kicks over the season. I just I was bad. I was watching that game, and to watch that game-winning kick, they showed a clip of Tomlin after he busts ass and the kick gets blocked, and he looked so angry. They have the game recap right here. This is the uh, just an ad. All right, there's no skip button, so it's. I'm gonna zoom to right. I'm gonna skip to right to the last part. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> All right, we're looking at it right now. They're not gonna hear. Oh, another ad. Thanks, NFL. I don't care. All right, we're looking at it right now as we're talking. No, here's Ben. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I missed this. He completely busts ass. The, Juju gets the whole Ju- uh, ladder pass. He, he gets the ladder watch. pass. <laughs> Come on. That's the guy you're going to extend. <laughs> That's embarrassing. It is. <laughs> Absolutely embarrassing. As a kicker and as a team, <laughs> that's going to take a toll for the rest of the season. They're lucky that the Ravens didn't win. If the Ravens won, they their first place title could could have been in, in different hands because they're seven and five, and right now the the Ravens are seven and six. They're right there. They're right there. So they they I feel are like the Steelers lucky. are just gonna just win the rest of the season. Well, who do they have coming. Yeah, up? I was just gonna say, who are they playing? Right, let's take let's take a look then. Um, they got the Pats. <laughs> Coming up, oh. coming up on the 16th. The Saints on the 23rd, and then they got the Bengals. They, they could lose they could two out of the next three. They could three. lose two out of the three and not come out on top. That's and, really and embarrassing. And finish, uh, what is that, <clears throat> eight? They didn't have James Conner this game, too. So, so they I could feel finish like eight, seven, and one. Who are the Ravens yeah. playing in the next three? Uh, I don't know. We could take a look at them, Three too, weeks, because that, that has uh, an impact, too. Are they playing the Broncos? Uh, not the Broncos, the Bengals or the I don't know. Let's see. I'm gonna look at them right now. So here's what they have coming up. They got the Bucks. They should win that. Chargers, Browns. They they could win two of three, they and, could win and two the of three. Steelers could lose two of three. So that's gonna be a tough division to watch. Tight division at the end of the season. Definitely. Uh, but let's take a look where things went wrong here. Uh, Ben doing the best he could, almost 300 yards, uh, through the air. He was injured for most of the game. Two touchdowns. Yeah, Dobbs was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Samuels filling in for James Conner, who they are missing desperately. But uh, it was split between him and Ridley. 11 carries for Samuels, 28 yards. Ridley, 5 carries, 4 yards, and a touchdown. Talk about vulturing a, a touchdown. But uh, you got Juju, 8 receptions, 130 yards, 2 touchdowns. And I know what you're wondering. Where's Antonio Brown? Uh, he did absolutely what, nothing. 35 yards? 5 receptions, 35 yards, yeah. which I could have used to win in fantasy. But um, <laughs> thanks a lot. Uh and then you have Jalen Samuel, seven receptions, 64 yards. Vance McDonald, four receptions, 37 yards. Juju was putting his life on the line this game. He was like, we have to win. We can't lose to this bad team that's 2-10 and ten, and ended up doing it mm-hmm. anyway. And like we mentioned before, literally how the game ended finished on the, a slipped kick. So uh, if you take a look at the Raiders, they're not looking so hot either, but Derek Carr had two touchdowns. Doug Martin had a rushing touchdown. Um, and both touchdowns in the receiving game belong to two people I've never heard of in my life. So I'm not even going to go over that. And, yeah, so Steelers, uh, get it together, okay? 
Uh, that's that's <laughs> my takeaway from this game. I'm not going to go over Lions Cardinals. No. But I, the game we're finally going to finish on here, and we're going to preview the game tonight as well. Uh, Rams Bears. Great game. Who to me, I had to remove the Bears defense off of my fantasy lineup because I'm like they're just going to get manhandled because this is kind of a wake up call for the for the Bears because they've been versing teams, for example, the Lions on Thanksgiving. They had who else? Who else were they versing all year? They played uh, you guys last week. They Giants. Played, um, they, they just got beat by them, thirty to twenty-seven. They played the Lions on Thanksgiving. Did they beat the Vikings? They beat the Vikings twenty-five to twenty. Yeah. They versed the Lions again. Thirty. They beat them thirty-four to twenty-two. They versed the Bills forty-one to nine. They beat the Jets twenty-four to ten. The Pats beat them, so that was their only challenge up to that point. What was so the when, score of that game? Uh, that game, the Pats game. It wasn't even. I don't think it was close. Here, let's see here. Yeah. Oh no, it was close. Thirty-eight to thirty-one. Oh, okay. And considering that they had to use Daniel the past couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not too great. Then the Dolphins beat them twenty-eight to thirty-one. This game is. This team is so confusing. They have a really talented defense. It's just their. It, I think it's their offense. If their offense isn't going, that's when they lose. And I'm not sure if you saw that video of Sean McVay in a press conference breaking down their whole defense. Yeah. Like he named every single person, what their skill sets are. So I'm like, oh my gosh, he's insane. Jared Goff is gonna just throw ten touchdowns this game, <laughs> but it didn't happen. Jared Goff ended up throwing four picks. Four, yeah. four picks. Four, four. This is a team that's 11-2. and two. They just put up the most points in NFL history against the Chiefs not too long ago. Versing the Bears, who have been versing an easy, who's been going up against an easy schedule. you got the Giants slated to have a, one of the top picks in the draft because they're awful, who who just can't put up points. They lost, by, they lost by, what is it, 30 points? So the Giants put up more than 30 points the past two games. They lost to the Dolphins. They really haven't had a tough schedule up to that point. They even kept Khalil Mack out for those easy games because they knew they were mm-hmm. going to win. And they won. And so, yeah, they kept Todd Gurley in check. 11 carries, 28 yards, which you don't hear too often. Robert Woods, 7 receptions, 61 yards. Josh Reynolds, 3 receptions, 36 yards. They're definitely missing Cooper Cup. Yeah. They need him. Um, I feel like that's a safe, like, you know, pass for Jared Goff to do. Then Gurley, 3 receptions, 30 yards. This is the worst game he's had all season long. And let's take a look at the Bears' offense. They they didn't even look too great. So it was the, it was the Bears' defensive show, pretty much. Mitch Trubisky threw 30 times, only completed 16. 110 yards, one re- one touchdown, three recept- three interceptions. Bad game for both both quarterbacks, but um, I guarantee you the Rams next week are just going to come out and put another 60 on the board. <laughs> I just, that's just their MO. And another a good game by Jordan Howard, surprisingly. Finally. Finally. And it's against the Rams. I know. Like, the team you would not expect him to go off against. 19 and... carries, 101 yards. Finally. Yeah, he's usually getting like 20 or 30 yards. I hate yards. their backfield. It annoys me because it's like, who is going to be the guy? I know. It's usually like 12 carries, 37 yards, and maybe a touchdown. They got That's... Cohen, nine nine carries, 69 yards. Not too so they bad. had a lot of yards on the ground. Yeah, and then you got Tariq Cohen, who's involved in the passing game, only had four receptions for 20 yards. Allen Robinson, five receptions, 42. Taylor Gabriel, three receptions, 22. Trey Burton, quiet, two receptions, 22. The one touchdown was to Bradley Sowell. Who? Yeah, I started him on fantasy. And then the four interceptions belong to Prince Amukamara, former Giant. Miss you. Roquan Smith, first-round pick, first-round draft pick. Uh, Kyle Fuller. Yeah, and Eddie Jackson. 
and Eddie Jackson, who has had an interception over the past like th- past three games yeah, they he's played, been monster. Crazy. He's not in the discussion for defensive player of the year. He, he should def- be. He definitely should be. He should be. It's just that you know you got Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. And what's funny is all that. four of those interceptions belong to the right people. Yeah. Like that's who should be getting yeah. those interceptions. Yeah. No one else, because those are the most talented guys on the, that that defense. So considering up to this point the Bears haven't had the best competition in the world and they just took down one of the best teams in the league, potential Super Bowl candidate, are they the real deal on defense? Yeah, I I think they needed Khalil Mack. That was like the missing piece because they had the secondary, and the secondary yeah, can only their do so much. Their defense was good much. last year, yeah. Yeah, because their secondary can only do so much. If you're not getting to the quarterback, like the reason if you saw the Rokon Smith, when he got that pick, it was on pressure. The defense got in his face, and he may ha- he was forced to make a bad throw, and it was underthrown, and Smith picked it off. It was all, and then same thing going into half. Eddie Jackson got the interception because it was he was he just chucked it downfield, hoping something was going to happen before half, and it got picked off. Two of the four interceptions, like from my memory, were terrible passes forced by a pass rush. Right, and that's the missing piece. You get Khalil Mack, he forces him to make bad throws, and that great players make big plays. In those moments, yeah. To me, I think the Bears' defense is real deal. Especially, after the, I feel like this is their big test here is against the Rams. Yeah, they held them in check to six points. I'm not sure That's... if just an off game by the Rams, but you got to give credit where credit is due, and it's to the Bears who have been a defensive force all season long. And that was a game they definitely should. That's going to keep them on top in the division. I feel like that's a game you're going to head. You're going to head out of, and you're going to take that momentum and move forward. Let's take a look at their remaining schedule. They they're nine and four now, uh, first in that division. They versus the Packers next, who's still trying to figure out their offense after losing mm-hmm. McCarthy. Uh, but again, it's Aaron Rodgers, who knows? And they beat them earlier in the season as well. Um, they go up against the 49ers. That should be an easy win by yeah. them. Um, and then they go they go against the Vikings, who are desperate mm. who are desperate right now for a playoff spot. So two division two games division at games the, end of the last three weeks. And yeah. Niners, who just an easy win over in yeah. general. But uh, yeah, that's mostly the majority of that game was the defense, was those interceptions. Um, I feel like McVay just didn't have the Bears' number. I feel like the Bears are kind of a tough team to grasp because the the week before they lost to a Giants team. So I feel like coming into this game, they kind of had a fire under their ass. They kind of needed to win. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're gonna preview the last game in a second. That's gonna be on in about two hours from now. But I just got this. I just saw this tweet that said Saquon Barkley needs 247 yards in his last three games to reach 2,000 all-purpose yards for the season. Only Eric Dickerson and Edgar Edgarin James, have you heard of that name? He was on the Colts. Yeah, have had more than 2,000 yards from scrimmage as rookies in NFL history. So he'll be up there with Eric Dickerson. So, uh, yeah, just a talented dude. But let's start previewing this game. This is mostly important for me for fantasy purposes. I can <laughs> honestly care less for the rest of it. But we're going to go over Vikings, Seahawks. What is your key takeaway here? You got Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, who are kind of on a roll over there as of late, um, even without Doug Baldwin. Um, I'm not sure what their record is right now. I think they have seven wins. Yeah, I'm going to take a look here at the NFL standings. Uh, you said seven wins? I, th- I believe so, yeah. And they're not even using Russell Wilson that much. And if he is throwing, he's throwing only for like 100 yards, three touchdowns. So... Yeah, let's take a look here just so we're not wrong. And I passed it. Uh, why am I missing it? 
They're in the same division with the 49. Yeah, they are. So they're seven and five. Mm-hmm. And they've won their last three games. And they're four and three. Actually, three and two at home, four and three away. So it's kind of a hard team to grasp in terms of uh, what they're going to be like heading into this game. Because, again, the, the Vikings have problems of their own. The Vikings right now, where they stand, they lost their last game. They're four and two at home, two, three, and one on the road. And who's home in this game? Vikings. Uh, you don't. I don't know actually. I'm gonna double check on that. So that's Vikings at the Seahawks. So it's another Ooh. road. It's another road game. <sighs> Vikings defense. If you guys can just pull through for me this this <laughs> week, I would really appreciate it. Because I didn't think the Bears were going to do that well against one of the best teams. Yeah, you would have won if you started the yeah. Bears defense. <laughs> Man. I don't know. I, I don't I, know. What do you think of this game? You got Russell Wilson, who's solid. He can get it done. Then you got Chris Carson, who's pretty solid, pretty solid on the ground. But you also got the Vikings, who are just way too talented to lose this game. They got Adam Thielen. They got Stephon Diggs. Kirk Cousins throwing them the ball. Dalvin Cook is getting more involved in the offense. They have Harrison Smith on defense. How are you not winning every single game just for that fact? I don't know. This team yeah, is way be- this team is way better than they're showing to be. I I think it's gonna be. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be a, like a really high scoring affair. I think it's gonna be. I don't want it to be like last night where the bear where the Bears and Vikings just score field yeah, goals. Yeah, I night. don't think it'll be that low. I think it might be you know like a seventeen twenty game something around along the lines of that. But who I, outright win? Who do you got? Hmm. It's tough because these both these teams are very uh, inconsistent. And Doug Baldwin's still questionable. To come yeah, back. it's. I mean, if I had to pick, I would just purely base it Seahawks, just because they're tough to beat at home. That there's no other way. Like they're both very similar teams. They I don't. Are. I don't know. It's, I don't know how the the Seahawks are at home. I mentioned it a second ago. Oh, they're three and two at home, so it's kind of iffy. Yeah, it's it's uh, to me. I'm just gonna say Vikings for the simple fact I need them to win in fantasy for me. Yeah, I mean if we do, and they're it, also way too talented. If you can get um, Adam Thielen over 100 yards of this game like they did earlier in the season, then I think they should be fine. Yeah, well, he was leading the league in receiving yards, and now I don't no, even know if he's in the top five. No, I think he's he's had 20 yards over his past like, well, he's had like 40 yards over his past two or it's something not like good, that. Man. It's not good at all. Get him going. Get Stephon Diggs going in the red zone. Dalvin Cook should be getting a lot more carries than he is. I don't know. This this is one of the most confusing teams in the league to me. Yeah. They should be a secure playoff lock, and unfortunately they're not. Uh, yeah, just very strange. I feel like this would be a different narrative if they didn't lose that game against the Packers over a kick. Yeah. I feel like Vikings just don't have the right luck when it comes to kickers. <laughs> and then uh, I'm not too sure. I, I don't have much to preview for this game other than the fact I just need the Vikings to win this game. Yeah. But that's going to wrap up our week 14 preview. Hope you guys enjoyed. We're going to come back next week for week 15. Um, definitely a big game that we're going to cover is the Chiefs and uh, the Chargers. That's one yeah. of the bigger games of the week. So who do the Falcons versus next week? I think it's the Cardinals. Cardinals. All I right. So, so I'm going to hope you guys win that game. If we don't win that game, I am just And then you done. better you better hope for just for standings purposes that the Bucks lose their next game, so you're both five and nine. Yeah, and hope for the best there. And then you got the Giants, who are running the table when they don't need to. I'm very <laughs> upset about it. They got Titans next week. Supposed to go to that game, and now I can't. So I'm very upset about it. Oh, you're not going? I got work. Oh. Yeah. 
That was like my problem is I keep picking games towards the end of the year every single year, yeah. and I, I'm just like, yeah, I'll be fine for that game, and then something comes up. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, so that's about it for us. We're gonna wrap it up here. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, take care. Goodbye.